Again, guests, welcome. We're glad you're here. Came, you've come, hopefully, to celebrate new life. Baptism is that picture of new life. And before we do that, I want to turn your attention in, your, in the copy of Scripture to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And if you've been here for a while, you know that we've been in a series of messages about the Beatitudes we've called upside-down living. And what it means to live as a believer, in fact, we've said that the Beatitudes that Christ discusses in Matthew chapter 5 is, is not telling you how to become a Christian, but what a believer looks like. They act like a mirror. And Ryan Fultz said uh, it's, it's a compelling to come in and inspect your life. And so today's message is not an extension of that series, but kind of like an epilogue, if you will. For us as believers to look back at the foundation, lest we forget what God would intend us to truly understand about what we have in Jesus Christ. True Christians in this series, we found out, they know what it's like to be poor in spirit. We know what it's like to be broken. We know what it's like to mourn over the messes of life, ones we make, ones that are thrust upon us. We know what it's like to grow in mercy because of the mercy shown to us and what it means for all of us at some point in your life to hunger for rightness, to, for new life. And what I find is that many professing Christians, along with the culture, sometimes gets mixed up about what it means to be a true believer. Is it it just more, is it nothing more than believing the Ten Commandments and trying to obey them? Or some type of you're religious and you come to church on Sunday and you try to do good for the culture around you, you try to do work that's honorable, you try to be honest. Sometimes I think that we get confused And that's kind of what we think. It's what we drift into. Sometimes we're painted, and you may even be sitting here and think, well, what a believer is, is they're actually, Christians are against a lot of things. They're against things that unbelievers are for, what they want to do. And we get confused, we get get them backwards. And even professing believers know what it's like to try harder, to try harder, to the point where they just simply just like, I can't try any harder. It has zero appeal. Rule following does not cut it. And if you're here and you actually have believed that that's what Christianity is about, I have got some great news for you. That is not what the Bible teaches. Not at all. Amen. That's not what Jesus showed us. It's not what the Apostle Paul gives us in 2 Corinthians 5. So I'd like you to look with me. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse 14 and after. We're just going to look at a few verses. Paul said from the ESV, For the love of Christ controls us. Now, this, your translation may say constrain or compel. He says, it was translated the ESV, he says, it controls us. The love of Christ controls us. 
Because we've concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live may no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. And from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I don't know about you, but I tend to sometimes forget things. And as believers, we can become grace amnesiacs. We don't remember. We don't remember the foundation. We don't remember what has been done for us. And what Paul paints as the picture of what we actually have in Jesus Christ. And if you get these things out of order, you're going to live much of your Christian life as a follower of Christ. What you, you may call yourself a follower of Christ. You may just be thoroughly confused about what the order is. What does this mean? So I want to show you today, just, just a few moments, again, the foundation. What you need to know from this passage so that we don't forget that kingdom people have a beginning. And they have a beginning that starts with what Jesus has done. Let me show you. This is what I want you to know. Number one, the work of Jesus for you is first and foremost. It is the most critical piece of becoming a follower of Christ. It's the most central issue. What Jesus has done. See, Jesus paid the debt. That he did not owe to cover the debt you could not pay. And we forget it. We, 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 we boil our life down to, to this trying harder. But Paul says here, he is constrained because of the love of Christ. What is this? What is this phrase, the love of Christ? He is distinctly referring to the death of Christ on the cross. The sacrificial giving for you to purchase for the Father a possession. Your life made right through his death and resurrection. He's talking about the sacrificial work. And the gospel is never, has never been about what you must do for God. It's always about what God has done for you, even when you aren't interested. In fact, it's a love relationship. Let me tell you, we lose sight of this. The Bible shows us a God who loves and acts for his glory on your behalf. That's what he does. Romans 5, 8, Paul says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you know that Christ gave himself for you when frankly you were headlong against him or you, you didn't care or you just didn't understand? 
Christ gave himself for you because, because his love and his holiness and his glory was at stake. And we as believers, as kingdom people, we must never get over what God has been done, what what God has done for us. We must continually revisit it. It's one of the reasons why we say you you must never get over the gospel. You've got to keep preaching it to yourself. Second thing I want you to see this morning, in light of the baptisms, this good news, this gospel we talk about, Offers you, gives you two key things. Now, there's many other things that God gives with us, but there's two absolutely crucial things you need to understand that Paul wants you to understand. It's this. Number one, you get new life. New life. When Christ died, Paul is saying here, you died with him. Even though you're sitting here and you're breathing and you're a follower of Christ, The fact is, in God's view, when you, when Christ died, you died with him. Meaning your old life, all of the sin, all of your shame, all of those things that flash through your mind that you say, oh my, what a mess. The messes that we make. The parts of us that just simply want what we want. All the idolization we do of all other things. At the cross, when Jesus died, that's what Paul is saying in verse 14. We've concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. That means that you died with Christ. All of your sin and shame on him at the cross. Secondly... This good news, this gospel we continually talk about that you'll hear about doesn't just purchase you faith. What it does is it gives you brand new purpose. Only after you give your life to Christ does God set you on a new path. And that's what Paul's talking about here. We long for purpose. All of us, sometime in your life, you'll wake up one morning or in the the darkness of, of night laying in bed you know what that is, that, that haunting question, why am I here? This is what distinguishes us from the leaves and the grass and the dogs and the cats. Why do I exist? Why am I here? Longing for meaning. And when you trust Christ, Paul says here, you're compelled to live for greater purpose. Look what he says here. He says the love of Christ controls us, tells us what has happened, and then he says in the middle of verse 14, uh, 15, he says, that those who live may no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. See, the wages of sin is death. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. It's a gift to you. And if you've been here, like I've said for a while, we talk a lot about you've got to keep the gospel in front of you. You've got to keep remembering that what has, been, what has been accomplished by Jesus for you and it's offered to you as a free gift to make you right. And when you get things backwards, when you put obligation before the declaration, you're going to live frustrated as a Christian. 
Because always we need to be remembering Jesus is the beginning, middle, and the end of our hope. He is our hope. That's where it is. It's not in your behavior. It's in him. And that's what Paul's showing us here. He gives us an indicative, we died with Christ before he ever says anything that we might live with new purpose. And when you forget that, you're an amnesiac. You just don't have it firmly in focus. Let me, let me, let me talk to, there's people here, I, I know there's people here. We're glad you're here. You're not a believer. You wouldn't call yourself a believer. You're not quite sure what you believe. But what you have thought is this. Christians are rule followers. And sometimes I I can see in their life that they don't get it right. You're right. But I want you to understand this. I do not want you to leave here misunderstanding the truth about the gospel. The gospel is always about... Jesus coming after you. His love for you. His pursuit of you. He is the hound of heaven coming after you. He loves you and he knows everything about you. Everything. Yes, those things that you've never told him, he knows. And he loves you anyways. And the way how he can do that is his death on the cross. But you know what the great news is? His death is not the end. And because his death was not the end, your death is not the end when you know Jesus. There is there's resurrection awaiting you. And that is what the baptismal waters show us. See, baptism reflects this. There's no, there's no power in the water. There's no change that happens because you get wet. Baptism shows what's already occurred in the believer's life. It is the believer identifying with 2 Corinthians 5.14. Jesus died and we died with him. This is the way we go into the baptismal waters. And aren't you glad when you got baptized, we didn't put you down and hold you till you bubbled? Right? The reason why you come up is because the grave was empty. Yes, and you, you, your grave will be empty. Do you know, I want to tell you something. Some of you are afraid of death. There will not be a conscious moment. There will not be a conscious moment for you without Jesus. You're going to go to sleep. And just like, have you ever had those nights you kind of fall asleep and then suddenly you're awake? Just like, and there he is. Baptism reflects this. We die with Christ. We're buried in the water. We're raised to a new life and a new purpose. Your life is not the sum of all your mistakes. Jesus makes things brand new. I don't know about you, but that is great news for me. That my day is brand new. My tomorrow is brand new. And every breath that I have comes from permission of God. And if you've never put your faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus for payment for your sin, 
today can actually be that day. I'm not going to ask you to come down this aisle. I'm not going to ask you to do anything other than to do business with God. Some of you right now, there is a, there is a grip on your heart that I am telling you the truth. And you've made Christianity what it is not. Christianity has at its center Jesus Christ, who because of his great love for you, gave himself for you. And he will make you right this morning. So every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to invite you, if you are here, and you've never trusted Christ, you can cry out right now, Oh God, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. I place my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And do it right now. Give your life, give your faith to him. Lord, that is our prayer. All of our prayer. As we remember, as believers in this room remember, That you didn't ask us to go clean up our lives and then you'll have a conversation with us. You came and took us right where we are, but you didn't leave us there. Thank you. Thank you that we belong to you and our our names are graven in your hands. Help us to remember our foundation. Jesus dying for us and resurrected for us. Fresh and new, we place our faith in you. And we glorify what you've done for us, that it's not us, it's you. You're a good God. We rejoice in what we get to witness today that others have trusted you and we celebrate it in Jesus name God's people said amen